0: Jason's flailing, so you know what that means. Jordan, what time is it? It's time
1: for Disaster Girls. <laughs> what a nice twist that was! <laughs> disaster Divas. Hello again. Uh, this week we are coming in really hot, hot as a as a space object careening toward the Earth at high speeds. As we watched the movie Meteor from was it 1979? It was 79, yeah. 79, yeah. Starring Sean Connery and the Daily Departed Natalie Wood. Yeah, she wasn't dead then. <laughs> Did not know. Right, yes. That, yes. But, uh, but we
0: As are of this recording, she is <laughs> she is dead. <laughs> As of this recording.
2: Subject to change,
0: though. <laughs> I just like to put that caveat in there in case someone's listening after the rapture.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, so what uh Who's on who's on summary duty? Is that me or you? Uh, so there is I'm I'll take this one. Okay. Uh, a
0: comet hits the an asteroid belt, sending a It's the
1: Orpheus asteroid.
0: Well, sending the the Orpheus asteroid, yes. a a meteor, plummeting toward Earth on a collision course within five days. Weirdly enough, timing-wise, this was not intentional. It was supposed to strike the Earth, I think, on, like, December 7th. I didn't pay too much Oh, really? Yeah. If you we're, like, like, almost in time with it. Yeah. It For
2: was the really listeners, weird. we're recording this December 8th.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. So, it
0: was really well-timed, and it was supposed to strike on a Sunday, and we are recording it on a Sunday, December 8th.
2: Whoa. So, basically, we're in
0: the meteor universe. Yeah. Um, so, it sen- it. <laughs> <laughs> so, it sends a, a five-mile-wide meteor uh, plummeting toward Earth, On a collision course and the only man who can stop it is Sean Connery, an astrophysicist Astrophysicist, who had designed previously a a protective kind of uh, nuclear weapon that was in orbits the earth that was intended to stop threats such as these. It's a, but it's a satellite course,
1: that we have not acknowledged that orbits the Earth and has, what is it like, it's either a dozen or 14, 14 nuclear, nuclear warheads. warheads that he designs for them to be a... Deter- pointed a, a, outward. Yes, pointed outward And of course, this space. is in the
0: depths of the Cold War, so instead, the military promptly points all the weapons toward Russia. Sean Connery has, at this point, quit in a rage, and now he is called back from his boat race to stop <laughs> the meteor <laughs> from hitting the Earth. Um, and he is the only man who can stop it. Along the way, he will meet... A jovial Russian scientist and his uh, beautiful translator Natalie Wood, yes, who is also a brilliant astrophysicist apparently. Yes. and uh, cities will be destroyed. Mm hmm.
1: R- really, with like, with great malice, yeah, ferocity. Cities will be destroyed.
0: I it w- yeah. I mean, it was it was pretty brutal. Cities were destroyed. Uh, lives were lost. And at the end of it, Sean Connery sort of, but doesn't really get the girl. It was a solid. Solid film all around. I had a great time. Shockingly good time. Given yeah. Given, like, I saw it described on Amazon. Someone was like, I don't know how they got this cast for this turkey of a movie.
1: Which was really... truly not a turkey of a movie. It is not. It's just
0: not... It's not what you expect necessarily it's much thinkier than i was planning it to be
1: yeah we we talked about this uh before we got started and you know if you haven't watched meteor yet i highly recommend and one of my favorite parts about it is that this is a uh this is an angry social commentary yeah. and this is this, this is a cold war commentary and this is not about Simply sort of like tearing down the Russians and being even agnostic about the American position. This movie is angry at American Cold War policy. Yeah, and yeah, you know this. This movie is looking inward. This movie is pointing its missiles. Oh my inward. god, We're, are we just jumping straight to where the movie <laughs> what? really? Yeah, you nailed on <laughs> that. I love this. I'll hold on that and elaborate more later. But uh, yeah, the the sort of the intensity of. Sean Connery's characters frustration with the United States yeah. government he really he worked at NASA he designed the Hercules defense program and then like we we learn in like an, a furious sort of cabinet meeting that you know the it was decided that Hercules would be be turned toward the planet and, and at Russia and he quit on the spot he storms out of the room he's like no I'm this is not what this was created for and it also has to exist the Hercules satellite has to exist sort of in secrecy because at this point in the Cold War, we have signed like anti... Yeah, that we're not going to put yeah. nukes in space. That we're not going to put nukes in space and point them at Russia. You know, the United States and, and and USSR have both done that. And of course, they have both secretly done the exact opposite of what they agreed to do. Sure. So we have secret Hercules system up, up in the sky pointing down at Russia. And what we learn over the course of the movie is that Russia, well, USSR, has... Uh, Peter the Great. Yes. The Peter the Great satellite is also secretly orbiting the Earth, but of course American intelligence knows about it and has its nukes of like equivalent capacity and almost the same number pointed down to the United States. Yeah. And so when we meet uh, Sean Connery's character, he is just doing what anybody would do after they storm out of their job at NASA, which is sailing in a regatta. Wearing a fabulous turtleneck. Yeah. God, it, I mean, that man's wardrobe... I truly believe
0: that that was just Sean Connery showing up in his wardrobe. Entirely possible. And maybe with Sean Connery, I'm not convinced that they didn't film that scene because Sean Connery was like, I want to be out on my boat that day. <laughs> yeah. You can come film. We can get have this scene on a
1: boat or I don't do your movie. One of the best things, I, I feel like, which I've not really thought about until this moment, really one of the best things about disaster movies is the having to snatch a scientist out of some context yeah. to bring them into the action and I think pulling scientists out of heated regatta competition <laughs> uh, is the best I've ever oh, seen for sure and he's like not gonna stop they're like the you have the the armed services rolling yeah. up to his yacht on a on a big boat and they're like you know doctor we need you and he's like no we're in a race <laughs> it's like they just came to your fucking race with a yeah. bullhorn and we're like get on this boat and he's like got to finish so they don't let him they're like if you keep going we're going to get in your like path and yeah. we will obstruct you and then when he gets back into the car afterward and the coast guard guy and he's like would you
0: really have gotten in my way and the Coast yeah. Guard's like, yeah, I would have. And Sean Carney's like, well, then I would have broadsided you. And the guy's like, we would have gotten you from the bottom of the ocean. Yes. <laughs> Which was I wanted it was an I, I, I want a spin-off with Coast Guard guy, honestly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was Imagine his that actor's day when he got to go home and be no. like, not only did I have a scene with James Bond, yeah. I verbally bitch slapped James Bond yeah. at the
1: end I of it. And put him in his place. Yeah. Oh, it was fantastic. Well, and and so the I I'm, I I like that. I'll buy into the premise that we where we meet Sean Connery. I don't buy into when we see him brought to Washington D.C. immediately after, and he goes to his hotel room where he turns on I don't know the news <laughs> and they're reporting on the results of the regatta. He turned on BNN Boating News Network. Boating, <laughs> Boating News ne- Network. Boating News Now. And it's like
0: you're you- watching.
1: Sorry, (laughs) no. This this is like ESPN eight, the Ocho, (laughs) and they like we he sits and watches the program for a long enough time for us to learn that one boat was disqualified for starting ahead of the line yeah. two boats crashed into each other and incurred significant enough damage to where they had to be retired from the race and we learn about the like the happenings of one other boat and then he just like in a huff turns it off because he didn't get to finish the race and it's like we just learned all that about this mysterious is this the America's Cup <laughs> like what is this what other sailing competition in the United States is big enough for us to care about this to where it would be on a televised news broadcast and they were also like so and so was picked like they name him. They name him and that say he, he was, was picked like picked up. up by the. Which it's like I feel like they would be wanting to keep that under wraps because at this point they're trying to keep secret. Yeah. why they have gone to pick up Sean Connery because he goes he goes from the hotel where he learns about the distressing news of the regatta straight to like a briefing meeting and where he learns about the Orpheus asteroid turned meteor that is now heading toward Earth. Yeah, and I. Liked this scene because I liked, I, I really like how we established a character of Sean Connery's. It felt, it felt, he felt true to his like asshole, like to his stubborn, yeah, like righteous, self righteous nature the entire movie. And I thought this meeting of the minds in his skepticism felt very appropriate to me.
0: Yeah, I, there was the, the, the entirety of all of his interactions and his like resistance to the call to duty that yeah, he had, yeah. that all. Just completely... I was like, yeah, that all are things... He would be so annoyed and so petulant about the fact that his system got turned around and pointed inward that he would be like, I don't know, that's a you problem, guys. Like, the whole world's going to be destroyed. That sounds like a you problem. Maybe you shouldn't have screwed up my satellite. Yeah. totally bought that. I genuinely thought that the turning point for him was going to be calling... Because we get all this information about, in the beginning, about how he is separated and he has kids and... They called his wife and had his wife pack him a suitcase. And also, sorry to hear that you're separated. And we get even a scene where they had to put a set together yeah, of your yeah. home
1: with an actress we never see again or no. hear from again. And I like, do they have a swimming pool? Because there's like this reflective thing happening in the living room there where she's be. having this call where I was like, what the hell is this? There's What's going on in cut this house? scene
0: in which they discuss his swimming pool. The, to set this the kids up. are in the pool. Yeah. And so we learn all this stuff and then it never comes up again, no. except for like one scene with him and Natalie Wood where they're discussing like how he's separated. Yeah. Um, and he basically, essentially the reason that he's separated is marriage is hard. Yeah. Which Was is, the, the it summary. is a funny thing
1: to establish like family man going through marriage trials. If the, like the rest of the time we're going to see him with like a lady in this movie is, yeah. is him actively pursuing natalie wood
0: oh really hard. while
1: the world is potentially going to be like exploded by a five mile wide
0: yeah no, i was impressed by it and i fully believed how much time everyone had to flirt in this universe so yes. i was like yeah
1: no the world could be ending but you're still gonna pursue it yeah i really liked the, the like you know what we did in the 70s folks office romance yeah like we have two scientists in a relationship mm-hmm. with one another. We- She's
0: and she, he's the subordinate, which I appreciate.
1: Yeah, we have a lady scientist Jan, uh, with I her think. assistant mm-hmm. uh, and they're having a tryst. yeah. Uh, we have Sean Connery pursuing the translator and uh, surely there were three other couples in that office that we didn't learn about.
0: I'd like to think Dubrov, like, seduced at least two women. We hear that he's a ladies' man. Yeah, Again, Dubrov, yes, infra- Dubrov
1: is uh, is the, uh, the Russian vaunted scient- Russian scientist. Yes. Well, but this,
2: it- this is also what happened before we discovered global warming, is we were just able, as scientists, to, like, you know, have romance. I figured the 70s <laughs> before global warming, right? No one ever knew they, about they it then. they didn't know yeah, it, yeah. It We're
1: all too thing, upset about global
0: warming yeah, now no, to be scientists. Be. Yeah, exactly. No, scientists all are, like, are hermits, basically. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um and so in this meeting where uh, Sean Connery uh, first comes together with the the state really um we learn that they know about the meteor coming toward earth because they sent okay oh yeah we the, I, okay yes. this ship this 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 yeah. ship we have in space the challenger 2 that witnesses and is subsequently destroyed by the meteor, the meteor, the comet striking.
0: Which is this such a bad
1: plan? Is this thing going to Mars? Yes. Yeah. So okay. we have fucking manned have, space yeah. travel yes. in the in, asteroid universe. belt. No, in in universe, 1979,
0: we can send manned missions to Mars. But for some reason, that's not what they decide to spend three minutes expositing about at the <laughs> yeah. beginning of the movie. Yeah, that was the thing. When I was like, when when we get to, I that, was like, like,
1: I have to be misunderstanding.
0: No, this. I that they I have that in, in my notes where I was just like, my head shot.
1: Uh, <laughs> because I was just like, wait, what? Yeah, we what? utterly Mars? do not acknowledge and that we also, have achieved Mars. You can't space just travel. Reroute. I mean, maybe in yeah, this universe like,
0: where you can go the to Challenger Mars, the Challenger Two
1: is like near enough to where this comet is coming and it's going to hit the Orpheus asteroid. For them to be like, we need you to reroute for a minute. Like, it'll take you two days off schedule. They're like, you're you're going to have to like delay your trip. Your delay your visit with Mars. They're yeah. like, okay, okay. So, and so the the they asteroid just belt. Like,
0: to explain where the asteroid belt, the asteroid belt is located between Mars and Jupiter, and, it and we never sent a person we there. Have never. Sent a person. <laughs> we have anywhere not. near Mars. Right, that doesn't happen. Like it happens in The Martian, and you know how that ends, <laughs> yeah. really poorly. And that's with modern technology. It's 1979. Yeah. We have sent men to the moon. Like what, ten years prior, and now we're just like no, nah, ten. It's cool. Let's just keep going. We can just irradiate these guys. We mm. don't have missions to Mars, partly because of the technology, partly because we're like, well, what are the prolonged repercussions of putting someone in space for that long? Yeah. And it, like, if we they go, they're know. not coming home. But especially in the case of if they're like, hey, you know what? I know you've got like a, a certain amount of fuel. Yeah. But we got to send you off course exactly. past Mars. <laughs> yeah. A long way past Mars. And then we're going to send you into a minefield. Yeah. Like, Best case scenario, they don't get hit by random rocks that right. they can't map.
1: Yeah. Worst case scenario, exactly what the fuck happens. Y- yes. They they send they send the Challenger 2 and the three American astronauts inside of it to go observe this comet that is going to pass through the asteroid belt and is on target to hit the Orpheus asteroid. So they're like, park by this other big asteroid and tell us what happened. Yeah. And like not seemingly close enough to observe. So like close enough to where, yeah, if something catastrophic happens, they're going to be well within, it seems like a blast radius. Yeah. Of of a, of a shattering asteroid, which is what happens. A comet hits it. It blows up and a bunch of shrapnel destroys the challenger too. And we get the incredible moment of the death scene of these three asteroids, these actors Pantomiming death in zero G. Oh yeah. Where they like very slowly like fall to the side and backwards before like the the screen is filled with light and they disappear. It was great. It was it was yeah, it was a great death. No, but like why did we need that? Yeah. And yet never like we have we have figured out clearly how to send people to very seemingly under very low stress conditions to Mars. Mm-hmm. Presumably they are meant to be coming home as well or they're terraforming, in which case that's a lot of technology. Well,
0: or they're terraforming, but they only sent three dudes, <laughs> which I appreciate. I was like, ah, oh, we can get them. We can get people to Mars, but only the men. Yeah. Well, like, space, so space, space is, is gay. is
1: Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> so, so they're doing that. And yet we are only hope to stop this incoming meteor is the nukes we put above the earth yeah like we don't we don't have some sort of other technology at this point if we can get to goddamn mars and i like too that you know you know i was watching it the whole time i was like would i have preferred an armageddon scenario where we are sending people to drill into the meteor into the meteor like no i like this yeah
0: i like this it made perfect sense why we would be sending, why, why like, this movie in 1979 would choose nukes. Like, yes. there's no world they were going to send. The, and yeah. the
1: context in the commentary. Exactly.
0: They were going to, it was going to be nukes. Again, I'm not sure. The entire, like, first third of the movie is, like, it's for an entirely different movie. Yes. It's like, oh, that's a thing that we don't really need anymore, is we don't need to know about Sean Connery's family. Right. We don't need to know about the three astronauts who died, which do get a front page paper. Yes, we don't need to know about the fact that we do manned missions to Mars. Yeah, yeah. We don't need to know about the fact that one of the guys who died is the son of one of the commanders in that in that room. Yeah. Like, this is all so much
1: extra... It is extraneous stuff. information. I was,
0: I kept waiting for any of it to pay off, and I was like, oh, no, 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 this is just patting the front, because they could only get Natalie Wood for two weeks of filming.
1: <laughs> and so we, we have that established... Oh, and it, I, I did want to note that there is... A near, an Orpheus asteroid, an Apollo asteroid in near Earth orbit called Orpheus, but it is not five miles wide it is 0.3 kilometers oh so there is an orpheus nothing. asteroid that isn't nearly as imposing
0: i wonder when it was discovered and if it was discovered afterward and they named it after
1: it was discovered in the, uh it was discovered in like the like an earlier century oh okay yeah, yeah it was it was an old discovery yeah by like a german i believe a german scientist so sure. yeah this one's been on the record um but it's a wee thing but it's, it's a wee thing And then after Sean Connery gets all this information, he does not yet know that that he's like told like, okay, then we're going to like go meet the cabinet basically. So he leaves this first meeting. He's still very skeptical. He goes to what's going to be this big meeting. Well, it turns out it's just him and his friend Mm -hmm. who who came to get him the first time, who he used to work with presumably at NASA and the government and doesn't anymore. And his friend breaks the news to him like no one else is coming. It's just us. Any Sean Connery's going to storm out. He's not going to take this seriously. And then his friend tells him, like, it's five miles wide.
0: It's enough to fill. The Atlantic could fill it.
1: Yeah. yeah. And he, that, like, stop shot. He, like, says it's five miles wide. And he looks at Sean Connery and, like, very defiantly goes, now walk out. <laughs> and, of course, Sean Connery cannot then walk out. No. And then, like, that turns him around all right he's gonna participate he's like well you know you guys changed the program like these are like now pointing at the earth like what do you want me to do about it he's like i couldn't override him then what do, you, what do you think i can do now so his friends like i need you to go in there i need you to push this through with me we need to go to this cabinet meeting like i need you on my side like you need to force him to say yes so then we go to a meeting at the cabinet with the cabinet and of course like the the general like head of the army is like the most opposed yeah. to us Activating these nuclear missiles because again, we are not supposed to have Hercules in place. Right.
0: They can't we they don't want to give away to the UN, et cetera, yeah. that we have put this up there in the first place. Yeah,
1: that we have breached any kind of arms nuclear arms treaty we have signed.
0: Fortunately, though, the president is Henry Fonda. <laughs> yes.
1: And yes. he is more wily than any of the generals in the army. Yes. And and at, they will meet up, they meet up with President Henry Fonda after the meeting. And in the meeting, you have to have, I think it's General, is it Alda? Yeah. I think it's General Alda. Um, he is the one who's most opposed to notifying the Soviets that we have these these missiles up here. And everybody keeps getting, I, I the meeting annoyed me because all these people, like, I get it. Like, who are these people? The Joint Chiefs? I don't know. I'm going to say the Joint Chiefs. I don't know what that means. And I don't know specifically what that means, really. Uh, but they're like, they're like, well, we can't, like, every nation on Earth will call us a liar if they find <laughs> out the worst, imaginable the worst thing. thing that could happen. It's like, did, like, Sean Connery has at this point explained what will happen if a five-mile-wide object mm. m- hits the Earth, like, what that impact will do. And they're talking about how they're going to be called liars. They can't acknowledge the presence of the missiles. And they, like, somebody, like, gets, somebody asks, like, well, like, Really though, really though, how bad would it be if this meteor hit? It's like, you guys, yeah. oh yeah, they were absolutely like this Gaming, is a like, civilization ending item, man. Like, and, and 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 Sean Connery like lays out a few of the details and like it could kick off a new ice age. Yeah. And they're still kind of like not convinced. And <laughs> like the like, why are we even talking about like, well, I mean, how bad is it? It's like, yeah. are you Fucking for real right now <laughs> like if krakatoa went up that would be really bad for us all yeah. if this happened a lot of people <laughs> a huge percentage of the earth's population is not going to survive yeah like the climate will be irrevocably altered the planet will like surely be knocked off its axis a bit and like be spinning differently Plants will die. Dogs and cats living together—like this—is end of days shit, right? And they're still like,
0: "But what? But people will call us liars." Yeah, no, that's it's as bad as it gets. That's
1: it's like, like their but... main critique. It's not like oh, the Russians will bomb us immediately. They knew. They're like, people will be pissed. Yeah, it's like, well, hell, good everyone's going to America then, well, it's, and everybody's going to be exactly. dead anyway. So it's all right, guys. Everybody's going to be dead. Yeah. Everybody, yeah. everybody in the two thirds world is going to like suffer through catastrophic like hunger and like famine and drought. But that's and that's kind of part of what was so funny to me about so much of this movie
0: was like so often the obstacles were very like, what? The, how do I want to put this? They were sort of like being trying to punch through a banana cream pie. (laughs) That sounds so tasty. But like, where you're just like, I mean, I'm going to punch as hard as possible. And your hand goes through and you're like, oh, that was easy. (laughs) And so like the, the argument isn't like, They aren't even, it's not as if the, the generals are like, well, where is it going to hit? And then Sean Connery <laughs> goes, we don't know. And then they go, well, right. if you don't know when, how can we be sure? Yeah. Or like, or like okay, well, if it's
1: will... not going to hit the America, like, nobody said, like, yeah. well, if it's not going to hit, hit America, America th- then what does it fucking matter? Yeah. Like, nobody there tried to pull that. that shit. Yeah. It was
0: just like, well, we'll be liars. And everyone's yeah. like, that? <laughs> that's a weird
1: concern to have, gentlemen. Like, so really? Sean Connery does in that moment exactly what he did when he left NASA, yeah. it seems. He stands up, he gets his jacket, he's like, I'm going to go have a drink. Like, you babies tell me when you're done crying about this, basically. Yeah. And he tells them, uh, he's like you guys can stand here burying your heads under a blanket of shit. Ugh. And then watching a-, a room of adult men being crestfallen because Sean Connery scolded them was yeah. quite quite impressive.
0: That's really why you hire Sean Connery in something like this, is just to be able to deliver that line. Yes. That that was his entire paycheck right there. But he does eventually come around and yeah, is about goes, to like
1: he well, goes to the bar. He's
0: go- yeah, and he goes to the bar with his friend, and they're basically going, planning to like completely subvert the entire. They are chain planning of command. to
1: like steal the nuclear code, which like, would have been a great movie. <laughs> like they're going to be like, well, and like Sean Connery, reasonably, like understandably skeptical, being like, uh, how are we going to do that? Like, yeah, you're going to just get nuclear launch codes yeah. and like re we learned like they have to realign the satellite they're gonna do all pointed of in the wrong direction it's sitting in the wrong place they're going to do all of this they're going to get credentials to get into this hidden
0: bunker down below manhattan yes yeah they're gonna and then they're gonna get and down fake, there like realign. they have the
1: approval of the president it's i guess yeah that that and that but that again point, another thing what that a never great comes movie to fruition. that would have been
0: and we yeah. we learn
1: about it through a Again, terrible. They, they punched through a banana cream pie, <laughs> and we learn about it through a terrible story because Sean Connery's friend is oh like, God. let me explain to you what the plan is. I have. Yeah, my son uh, had horrible abdomen pain, so I took him to the doctor, and the doctor said appendicitis. And my wife Miriam was like. He's like, you know how she hates an operation. Yeah, that she, is a
0: thing that been... one knows about one's friend's wife. That is, yeah, she, you know how she hates, hates an, an op- operation. Yeah, I, I personally know how how Sarah's husband Jimmy feels about a root canal. Yeah, like, at, sure. an
1: operation. And so, what's Miriam's response when the doctor says your son has appendicitis? <laughs> no, like just bring him home and like have him go to sleep. Like the pain will be better tomorrow. It's like Miriam. Yeah, this is no, like, sir, why did you let your wife? go let you go home yeah. like your son's appendix is about to rupture and so what he does is he takes his son under the cover of night to the hospital he has an emergency appendectomy and the pain's gone and Miriam's never any of the wiser so this is his oh no Miriam was thrilled with it no Miriam and she's all smiles because his pain's gone not yeah. because
0: she doesn't of oh, the operation you don't think that she I love that this no is now she that never I knew. think that she knows ends up finding out but is happy about the end result Okay, I that think would that's make the test. Because I
1: thought they were implying that the recovery time for an appendectomy it was, was like literally the kid going to get ice cream. I don't
0: think so. I think okay. that, I think that it was, I like was so Miriam mad I think at Miriam was at this like,
1: point. I was not I was not thinking. I clearly. think
0: the moral of the story was I think it was basically better to ask forgiveness than ask permission was essentially the the, the much shorter way
1: to say that too. Yeah, which is their plan. We're going to we're going to realign a satellite yeah. and launch nukes at a meteor, better to ask permission for forgiveness than permission. But
0: instead, fortunately, Henry president, president Fonda, Henry Fonda decides that he's figured out how to fix this. And he basically announces we have a satellite yeah, in order to protect against these things. Yeah. And we're going to use it. We also know that the Russians have this same exact system. Yes. And we're hoping they'll
1: use it with us. And he totally provides, like, the very diplomatic cover fire. Yeah. He's like, we built this thing to deter meteors. Oh, he And the Russians, the- with the exact amount of forethought that we had, he doesn't he- say, like, yeah. they have a missile defense system. Nope. He, he was- totally frames it, like, this is just for space
0: stuff. It says, and everyone everyone who's watching is is reassured by President Henry Fonda. Yep that everything's okay, except for the Russians who basically who don't say, wow, he spun shit into gold, but they essentially say it because they call him an alchemist. The al- yeah, they elected an alchemist, alchemist.
1: to the presidency.
0: Um, and they're like, yeah, I guess we now We've been called out on a public stage.
1: We have to send a guy, but we're not going to like it and we're yeah. not going to help him. And we're, yeah, we're not saying we're going to agree to anything now, but we're going to send this scientist they want to talk to, Dubov. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and also, uh, the reason the plan like gets pushed quickly into action like the president has this press conference where he tells the american people about the nukes because the um, oh, american the press yeah. has received information via a bbc report yeah. about the orpheus meteor coming to earth also fully and the believe. american press is pretty fucking pissed off that yeah. the american government did not give like that. They
0: how did the BBC figure that out? I got. I mean, like, I believe that the BBC would roll with it a little bit more than the American press would have, like the politeness to first defer to the government and then be like, oh no, wait, you don't want us talking about it, we won't talk about I,
1: it. I don't think it be. I don't think it would necessarily be. It wouldn't be a matter of politeness. I be a matter of government sources yeah being more locked down on the american side you think so yeah because like we're interfacing in this movie with the brits as well like yeah. sean connery's in regular contact with like presumably right, right, right. an astrophysicist in in the uk and i would assume there was a leak from that side of it whereas in this situation the only people who knew about it before that cabinet meeting were sean connery the guy whose son was on the challenger too yeah and then Sean Connery's friend. Those are like the three people who know. So there's there's no information yeah. I think getting out beyond okay. that small group. I'll, I'll buy it. I'll buy that. Um but yeah, so but yeah, so once the public finds out about the president's like, well, okay, I gotta make this address, that's when he outs everybody's nuclear weapons. Yeah. And the Russians are
0: less than pleased, but they go along with it. Um and that at the basically, I think it was like 40 minutes into this movie, just when I was trying to ask myself. Where the hell is Natalie Wood? Natalie yes. Wood
1: finally shows up. Yes. She in like this comes into believability for me. I was trying to sort this out before we got started talking. They uh Sean Connery and his friend go to the emergency response site, which is underneath Manhattan, as Amanda said. Yeah. Which like, as his friend tells, it, he's like, well, you know, who would put their emergency response site under the busiest city in the world as like a kind of misdirection? Yeah. It's like, yeah, OK, well, I see what you did there. But also, there are a lot of reasons for New York to be like a primary attack site, like being the center of our global, like of our finance. Also, like, yeah, I mean, maybe- remember that
0: whole thing, the Manhattan Project, where you had all the, n- the nukes Nuclear
1: scientists yeah, like, working
0: on nuclear weapons in the basement of Columbia? Yeah,
1: like don't uh, like I, I see I what like you think. It. Yeah, I see how you think this is trickeration, mm-hmm. but it's just not. You've yeah. just put this under a like a critical target city. Yeah. But so they go there, they go underground. Sean Connery meets like three employees and then We learn we learn exactly three employees' names <laughs> to care yeah. about later. And then we then they are informed almost immediately upon arriving in New York that Dubov is arriving at 7:30 p.m. that night, and then Sean Connery's friend says like D.C. So I don't know. It to me sounded like Dubov was flying into Washington D.C. So they went to this place in New York. They left D.C. went to the shelter or the like the the su- emergency response center in New York, and then maybe immediately left to fly back to D.C. to greet Dubov. If we can get to and then take to, him straight to New York. If we can
0: get men to Mars, I believe that <laughs> they can make that commute
1: faster. You're right. They have a hyperloop. They have yeah. a hyperloop in this movie. Yeah. It or yeah. That's the only reasonable
0: explanation is that they they can transport back and forth within yes. like twenty to twenty five minutes. Yes,
1: with the speed of Kevin Sorbo going from <laughs> Texas to Washington D.C. in the Fire Fingers movie. Exactly. Fire from below. Fire from fire below. from below. That's what it was called. Yeah. Um,
0: Easier name to remember than airplane versus volcano.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and so yeah. So then Dubov arrives. Our our Russian scientists arrived at at the special request of Sean Connery's character. Scientist to scientist. And then there is a, a, like, almost madcap scene. It was
0: very, like, Of, like, like dueling translators.
1: Yeah. yeah, so, which, which
0: actually made sense because it did yeah, answer, because I, I had, as she got off the plane, I was like, how are they going to know that what she's saying yeah. is really, and I had that thought. So it was actually, it was weird that the movie then went on to answer that question where they had, the, the American <clears throat> government has their translator, yeah. the Russian government has their translator, and they both are translating simultaneously to prove, to be sure that, the same message is being transmitted.
1: Yeah, and one one is not one is not like fact-checking the other. They're straight up talking over each other like it's a situational comedy. Yeah. And the the surly general who doesn't believe that a 5-mile-wide meteor will make that big of a difference if it hits the US is the one liaising with the the Russian scientist when he gets there. So of course he's maximally skeptical. Enter Sean Connery yeah. to relate as astrophysicists do by immediately telling the astrophysicist translator how pretty she is. Oh yeah.
0: He he wants he wants to narrow it down to one translator and he'll take the pretty one. The pretty one. one. Yeah. Yes. Just went right into it. Yeah. I mean, I I guess the point, like, points to the movie for never commenting on her body, just describing her as the pretty one. It's not like he's <laughs> yeah. like, I'll take the one with the good legs.
1: Like, yeah. <laughs> at
0: least there wasn't that. There's was nothing that made me overtly go, like, oh no. But there wasn't anything that didn't make me go,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just a little like, yeah, you know, yeah, different time, yeah, but it was still like, uh, of course, we had to do this, yes, like, of course, this had to happen. There, there was not enough going on, we needed to insert this story in, right. in here.
0: Well, there really wasn't enough going
1: on, they, <laughs> we did need to have
0: something because there was a lot of like, again, it was a lot of punching through banana pudding, yeah.
1: The, the first, the first kind of big conflict of like, oh no now everybody knows about each other's nukes. What are we going to do about yeah. the Russians? Sean Connery and and Dubov come to an understanding quite quickly. I really enjoyed that scene. Though. Yeah. There was a yeah. great, there's a, like after they get the two, the two translators out of there, the two translators out of there, and it's just Dubov translator and Sean Connery. They go into a little room and Sean Connery, framing everything because of course Dubov cannot admit right. to he's the president. under strict orders not to admit until after the Americans
0: have admitted yes. to their own and the first thing he does he's like so I know you have this thing why is it pointed directly at Russia? Yeah. And Sean Connery's like
1: mm, let's not talk about that right now so. Yeah. And, and, the, and, and Dubov is like Like because Sean Connery starts asking Dubov about like well if you know you guys have this equivalent what did you name it and he's like how can something have a name if it doesn't exist so they go through this cat and mouse game and then Sean Connery goes to this space map that is on the wall with a giant red Soviet star on it he goes then like what's Peter the Great which is when we learn that Peter the Great is the name of the Russian anti United States missile defense system. And Dubov's penis. <laughs> yeah. In blue, by, by deduction, yes. Well, I mean, because we do learn
0: later that he has had four wives. Yes. But unnecessary information yeah, to More learn about unnecessary him. personal information. But at some point, Natalie Wood is like, he's sleeping alone, but he doesn't normally. Yeah. I worked with him when he had his first wife.
1: Yes. He's had three others. And it doesn't seem like they were ever involved, which I appreciated.
0: I mean, I don't I they don't get
1: into it. <laughs>
0: but they I would have told chose, us.
1: They would have told us. Right. We learned a lot. We
0: learned a lot. So yeah, so so yeah, it Dubov's penis and the the orbiting satellite is Peter the Great.
1: Yes. And so then they then it becomes this this fun sort of uh back and forth between them where he's asking, where Sean Connery's asking Dubov, like, well, if you did have this thing hypothetically, in theory, what would its nuclear payload capacity be? And he's yeah. like, well, hypothetically it would have the same mega tonnage as your like missile defense system would. So they have this. And then like, yeah. they go this back and forth. And at the end, Sean Connery looks at me goes theoretically. And then Dubov responds to him in English. Theoretically.
0: Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. It was a great scene. It was a great scene. The, every scene with Dubov was so fun. When it was really, it fun. was when they finally get the general out of the, so the general has been a complete menace and he yeah. finally, and I get like, I
1: get he doesn't want the Russians yeah. in our emergency response area. Right? I understand. But again, that we're going like, to die. Yeah. But like, like I, I understand he, he never has a good enough reason for the pushback really yeah. considering the other side of, well, the Russians aren't allowed in here. Yeah, but the world might be destroyed. He right. never has a better counter argument. He just keeps insisting it's not going to be that bad. And then, yeah. Yeah.
0: But when at the when they finally get him out and they finally get the okay to like actually turn their satellites around. Yeah. And then they all toast with vodka. And then, the uh, Dubov wants to contribute a toast, and he toasts with the fr- a phrase he heard from a, a cab driver in New York. <laughs> yeah. And his toast is
1: "fuck the Dodgers." And he take a shot. And I'm just but like, I think it's, every moment that Dubov got to do something on screen delighted me. But I think it's before that that I think it's I think it's before that happens that there's also the great scene oh, where yeah. like the the general like. Pretty much the Americans and Russians are on the same page really quickly about yeah. like needing to use these nukes. The Soviets agree to like, cause what we, we need their, their payload capacity to be heading toward the meteor as well to break it apart. Yeah. Cause our ours alone in space doesn't have the power to like do what we need to do. So we need both of these entities working together across this cold war divide sure. to send their nuclear space weapons at this meteor that Pretty much gets resolved fast. And then we see a USSR representative in the UN being like, we will do what we need to do to protect humanity. It's like, oh, okay. Well, that's solved. Yeah. And then we find out that's happening. We go back to the emergency response center and- Dubov and Sean Connery and the translator and everybody's working, everybody's talking and that's when the general comes in and has like a big fucking tantrum about how it's not going to be that bad and he's really pissed off and he can't believe there's this Russian guy in here and this is going to compromise the United States forever and he yells this and then he gets basically like dismissed from the room and then... Dubov goes on this rant in Russian. He's just shouting in Russian for, like, a while, and then he goes into an office and, like, demands to call the Russian embassy. So all the—well, like, he goes to this office, he picks up the phone. He has been yelling for a while, and then John Connery just, like, looks at the translator, Natalie Wood, and she just goes, he would like to phone the Russian embassy. <laughs> it's like, he said a lot more than that, Natalie yeah. Wood. What the fuck was that just now? Like, just—everybody's—whoop. The, the, uh, he would like to call the Russian embassy, and then he and?
0: goes. And then he goes into the room. He's still yelling. We can't hear him. The yeah, other he's guy, yelling
1: through a pane of glass. So the, we just see paned guy yelling.
0: comes into the room as he's holding the phone and basically like shows him that he has to dial nine to get out. Yes, <laughs>
1: yes. He shows
0: him how <laughs> the to di- phone to works. dial. He shows him how to dial, dial an extension outside of the office, <laughs> and like it delights dope. <laughs> he's <laughs> it, so he's tickled. so tickled by it yeah. that like it completely diffuses his entire rage, and all of a sudden and then we cut to them toasting to, yeah i was like i didn't understand what happened but no. i totally understood being so frustrated you can't dial out that when someone <laughs> that when so someone explains it to you you're just like I didn't even need to. Call it's like him the getting. It's like getting the printer
1: to work. Yeah. It was. It was just such a weird, great moment. I loved everything with him. Um. And there is there now. Is it before or after that? That because then we start seeing because as the big meteor draws closer, the little the little splinters yeah, of it are getting, traveling like, are traveling in front of it. They're going to be careening. They're going to be plummeting through our atmosphere. Yeah. So then we start seeing the effects of that. We see. So I think that was before initially because yeah, that's, that's why when the, general, the general's
0: like everything's it's none of it's real yeah, because. The, the, first it's gonna hit like Italy just out the Pisa which yeah. um, I thought was like I was I got all excited because the core also hit something happens in that area too one of these
1: days we'll really do that movie I
0: really am excited <laughs> I'm saving, the core is like one of those ones I'm saving like you save dessert for after really bad dinner like that's how I feel about the core um and yeah, so it and it's gonna the, these meteor. They're calling them shards, which is like they're meteors. They're just smaller meteors, yeah. but they're meteors or splinters. They're splinters. The splinters they're are coming. Splinters from Orpheus. And these splinters are gonna come and right over Italy, and then they kind of because as happens with very small mm-hmm. meteors, like they just they burn up in the in yeah. the orbit, they or in the uh, atmosphere. It's just what happens. Yeah.
1: And the general's like, eh, "It's okay." Yeah. He's like, it's a light show. Like this is as bad as it's going to get basically like mark my words. And it's like, why are you not understanding the fundamental huge difference between tiny meteors and a five mile wide rock going tens of thousands of miles an hour gets going to hit the fucking planet. Like his stupidity was not believable to me. They needed to give him a better reason. And yeah, like you given said that
0: he wasn't really a big obstacle. I don't he, understand yeah. why he kept being such a
1: he had no authority yeah. over Sean Connery. And I think it was who is it? the actor. I keep saying his friend, but it's Carl Malden. Like Carl yeah. Malden is a legit actor. Carl Malden plays his friend. Yeah, he like he, Carl and Sean Connery like get yelled at by the general, but he can't stop them from doing anything. Right. And as you said, before we got started, it seemed like the whole time, like he was gonna become actively involved in sabotaging yeah. this like nations if uniting this thing. was if this were a movie in
0: now, yeah. like that he would be a much bigger antagonist and he would somehow he would take Natalie Wood hostage and then demand yes. that they turn the missiles back around, and we can't have the. And I'm going to kill this Russian woman, and I'm going to kill the Russian scientist because they've seen our control room, mm-hmm. and none of the. And he, that would have been the big point of conflict. Yeah. Instead of what actually happens in terms of the big point of conflict with the thing, which is that they successfully turn the Russian missiles around, yeah. and then they almost successfully turn all the Russian missiles around.
1: And then they brief, or all the American missiles around, and then they briefly have to recalibrate one of them. Yeah. Like there's, there's this moment where like they've, they've turned the, re, they've turned Hercules around and then there's like, you think it's going to be like, oh no, like the plan is broke. The, the, the plan is trashed because there's a malfunction in like missile three and it's not going to take off. Then it's like, basically, no, we just need to do a hard reset. Yeah. Like we, we basically, have you restarted the computer is basically the answer to that. And you're like, oh <laughs> wow. They solved that, okay, that's yeah. not going to be the new conflict. Like, we're not rat-fucked out of options. Like, no. oh, all right.
0: I did not see the ultimate conflict coming, which is, so we haven't really touched upon the fact that this is one of my favorite things. I always say this whenever something happens, it's like, well, this is one of my favorite things. But I truly do love the, like, when
1: you get a bonus disaster within a disaster movie. Totally. I. It's like, it's, there, it's the, like the getting- The problems start solving themselves, uh, start getting solved so quickly, you really don't see the big yeah. second- well, oh, it's like oh god, I coming. feel like
0: we got curly fries, like two curly fries in our order of regular French fries. <laughs> so okay, the pizza thing happens, but everyone's like, oh, "It's okay." But then. There's a um, Swiss swish skiing chalet. Yeah, a Swiss chalet. And uh, we meet a beautiful blonde skier, and she goes to see her friends. <laughs> and they're all beautiful and blonde and happy and skiers. And then um, a meteor
1: just hits the mountainside. It, no, it fully tops a mountain. Yeah, like It like, comes crashing, it. Yeah. takes the top, clean off of a mountain, in the Alps. Yeah, and sends Setting
0: a off. huge avalanche oh, down God. the slope killing like wiping out the
1: entire town
0: wiping out all the people brutal deaths
1: we spend a substantial number of seconds with a downhill skier trying to outrun this avalanche only to watch him be swallowed by it which man the in all of the disasters of that the hong
0: kong i was like the number of extras and the amount of (laughs) the, the budget that went into all of that i guess when your entire movie is in one set down like with no windows or doors. Yeah, yeah.
1: You can really put a lot of
0: money into the rest of
1: it. Yeah, we see like we see many close-up shots in the avalanche scene of people dying by by rocks falling yeah. on them, buildings are collapsing around them. We see people running into churches and homes yeah. and walls bursting through with snow. Like we we pretty slowly watch People die via avalanche. Yeah, and
0: not a lot of miniature work. No, given that a lot of these
1: have people in the scene. These are like brutal scenes. Yeah, and then the an incredible, an incredible sort of coda on the avalanche mm-hmm. happens when there is a newscast, <laughs> yeah. a fucking newscaster. So they're, they're recapping what's happening. Uh, yeah, it's so great because it's so unnecessary. There's a recap of what happens where we learn also minutes before the (laughs) meteor splinter tops a mountain there was thousands of cross-country skiers disembarking on a 20k cross-country marathon (laughs) and so we just see like it's like flashback footage to just thousands of skiers setting and there's out
0: no dignity in cross-country skiing. <laughs> and you're like, like that's what's so funny is it's like and you're like wait, a bunch this... of mall walkers just set out and they've all been wiped out by an avalanche yeah and you're like all of them in
1: these bright colors and, and then a... they have to share that they, how they captured the footage yeah yeah like they you see this then you're like oh is this happening now did they make it then you're like oh no that was that was old footage. All of these people are probably <laughs> dead. dead. And, oh
0: god! And the only reason we have the footage is because, like, the camera crew took this footage shortly before departing by helicopter. And I was like, well, yeah. that's all very unnecessary information. Extremely cross-country
1: skiing news network. Well, yeah, and then like they they really they do not skimp on the disaster scenes in this because once we, like we see this this the chalet go yeah and then a huge a, a pretty good sized splinter hits uh the ocean off the coast of Hong Kong and sends a 100 foot tidal wave toward the town to where we see like a city's worth of extra basically extras in panic yeah. running for high ground and we focus particularly on this one man who goes to try and rescue his wife infant and puppy yeah which we like get time to care about them
0: yeah in this like very small little microcosm we get an entire movie and it's
1: basically hong kong's version of the wave yeah yeah and he he, like they say it's a hundred foot wave moving at 600 miles an hour yeah and but like i i I know a hundred foot wave would be like gigantic me and you kind of had a a, like you were like 10 stories i was like five stories yeah somewhere between five and ten stories it's big it's big but we see this wave coming at the, like we see Hong Kong in a wide shot and we see this wave coming at the city and the way that it makes the wave, it makes the wave look like as high as the mountains that surround Hong Kong. This thing, like this looks like a 1000 foot wave coming into the city, which is like, all right, a hundred would have been bad enough. You did not need to create the optical illusion of a, of, of, of a skyscraper-sized wave coming into the city. But when the skyscraper wave does sweep into the city, it we focus specifically on the face of the man, his infant, his Ugh, wife, and his dog and his as dog. they get fucking wiped out by this wave. Yeah. And we watch a... A man like who's who's coordinating with Sean Connery's team. He's sort of like the Hong Kong ver he's like the Hong Kong version of Sean Connery in this case. Mm-hmm. And Sean Connery's like, get out of there, save yourself. And he's just like, it's too late. And he just stoically like holds fast yeah. as a wave overtakes him and kills him. And so, yeah, those were I was very impressed yeah, by the was, city destroying. It was huge. The and scope brutal. of it was brutal. Brutal. Yeah. And that leads. So like. We know the nukes are going to get launched. We know that's going to happen. Oh, there's a great moment. We should just acknowledge, as we were talking about earlier, there's a great moment um, amidst, like, you know, the city's being destroyed. We're down in the emergency response center. It is Sean Connery and Natalie Wood. And he's, like, basically, like, trying to... He's selling... It sounds like he's, like, upselling her on America. Like, how... Like, that she should come here. And... But, again, because this movie doesn't really spare a critique of the United States he's like you should you know you should come here he's like we've got everything quote power cuts strikes unemployment race riots and a terrific crime rate I was like I had to replay it again yeah I was like wait that was just a damning indictment of the United States coming from coming from Astro visitor Sean Connery it was okay yeah yeah, yeah. this movie takes a generally n- like neutral approach to Soviet politics it's not like framing them as the good guys. But it's not being like, yeah, those sons of bitches, like calling them out in specific ways. It's kind of like, look, they're screwing up their own shit over there, but we're not really getting into that. What we know is how pissed we are at the American government. Yeah. So it it really, it kind of, it takes a neutral eye to the Soviet situation, but it's pretty pissed off at like American bureaucracy at the height of the Cold War. Oh, yeah. And I appreciated that.
0: No, it was, it was, I enjoyed thoroughly how like realistically angry it was. Yeah. Because... With good reason. The very premise of it, that the U.S. takes this thing that is meant to protect the Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And instead is like, nope, we're going to use it to defend ourselves in this imaginary war we're fighting. Weapons of of war
1: are much more important than the greater defense of humanity.
0: Yeah. And the fact that that's like the basic premise that this entire movie is built on is super believable. And I can also understand why the writer of it would then turn around and be like, I am pissed at everything that happens here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it could also have gone very much in the direction of, like, a Clint East, Like, that monologue could just as easily have gone into a weird Clint Eastwood-y, like, get off my lawn" direction. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But it was said so jovially that he was just kind of like, the yeah. general sense I got was that Sean Connery wasn't like, ah, the state of
1: things today, and was more like, yeah, we're all just real fucked. Yeah, it was like, you know, you gotta laugh to keep from crying kind yeah. of thing. Um, but that really, and that, like, at this point, like, once we've watched, like, maybe Zurich be destroyed and Hong Kong, then we learn, because at this point, it's, it's kind of a, unless all the nukes fail, we know that it's, it seems like a foregone conclusion that they're going to stop the meteor, but that's when we learn about the second huge problem. Yeah. That this meteor is causing.
0: Yeah. So there is another um, a, another splinter that is headed right for the Eastern Seaboard directly to New York. Yes. So it's headed directly to Manhattan. And of course, it's been spotted with only enough time for them to basically be informed that there is this thing coming to Manhattan. Yeah. And like pretty
1: quickly, it's established like, no, no, there is no way to stop yeah. it. Like you, it's just I had going to
0: take out Manhattan. Yeah. Is, I had
1: basically. my like, like cliched action movie moment of, like, oh, they're going to find a way to like reroute yeah. some nuke from Hercules to. But it's like, oh, no, they're. Oh, shit. Like, they just... They're, like, head down on the mission. Gotta destroy Orpheus. Yeah. But this splinter, that, like, because it was traveling on its own, they were looking for clusters of them to track the splinters more easily, these shards. Yeah. Um, but they didn't see this one because it was just traveling in isolation. And it is coming on collision course with, with New York City. And it it takes Manhattan the hell out. It it's,
0: was like... was wild. I, I was the first of the three of us to watch this movie, I think, because I watched it, like, before you guys did this yeah. week. And I just sent after... When they when the meteor hits the twin towers, yeah, uh, in a in a shot that is almost strikingly like I I was kind of not a hundred percent paying attention at that point because I was baking and then it hit and I I actually stopped yeah, what I was fire doing
1: fire and explosions it's at that downward angle looking up, up at, the, and, at the twin and towers and it's like
0: it was striking yeah um and intense I texted you both and I was like have you guys. Watched this yet? <laughs> There's something happening well, in, in that the movie because I didn't want to tell you guys. Like, by the way, this happens because it it otherwise the third act doesn't like you're waiting for the third yeah. act. But it was kind one. It was weird to have this suddenly happen because you don't expect this to suddenly become like a, a Poseidon Adventure style escape from the headquarters. Yeah, but then two, really unexpected too, with the World Trade Center, which had been built at that point
1: like six years prior. Right. Well, in it. Well, in that. I mean. It's like a perfect, it's, it's, it's the perfect target in that situation. Like, because this movie is so, this movie is so critical of the United States. And it, it, like, it takes this representation, like, this ultimate expression of American commerce and capitalism. And if it, 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 like, it doesn't have it hit the Chrysler building, doesn't have it hit the Empire State Building. It wipes out the World Trade Center. And it's. And then everything. And then everything else. Yeah. Like, we see it it basically it just keeps showing buildings one at a time that yeah. are going to like then collapse and they show like stock footage of buildings being like demolished and and then we see it like it, it, the whole filter is orange like the whole screen's just like burning orange and red just to imply like the air, of the city is on fire. And then we see it come screaming into central park. Yeah. So like they have it wipe out explicitly the world trade center, like a bunch of other buildings. And you just keep seeing, it just keeps cutting from explosion to explosion, like building fucked up, building fucked up. And then in a wide shot at the end of like the mayhem, you see that it like it hit, it directly impacted into central park. Like it, like you can see the the skid of the impact into the park and you're like, Holy shit. Yeah. Like, that that's happening in this movie right now? I truly did not see it coming. No, and it was super
0: ancillary to a degree. Like, the destruction, the absolute destruction of New York. Because, okay, it skids into Central Park. That is throwing up dirt. There's, like, the the bedrock there is very close to the surface. You have, like, a lot of this just... Mm. When you're walking through Central Park, you're seeing the bedrock exposed in a lot of places. So, it's not just throwing up a bunch of dirt. It's throwing up, like, big-ass chunks of metamorphic rock (laughs) into the general vicinity some of which is probably melted from the heat. Surely. Like there is so much chaos that is unfolding in Manhattan. Yeah. And we have missed all of it except for the fact that they're, despite being below ground, it Mm -hmm. is like the, their command center is now caving in on itself.
1: Yes. And we like, I, I I brought this up uh, before we started talking as well, that, um, we see one meteor go over Siberia and hit and kill one like, like one family one nomadic Siberian family and then we see the hub of the United States yeah decimated yeah and you're like and the movie all it over at that point at that point we're still wondering if the nuke thing is going to work with the Orpheus and so while uh Carl and Sean Connery are dealing with the fallout in the shelter of the meteor hitting the city. They are also they're trying to get people out into shelter while they're like periodically checking in with each other, like how long until the like the 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 nukes hit the meteor? How long? So like then we are getting this These like gradual cuts back and forth of like them trying to all the government workers trying to escape the emergency center below ground while we get many looks at the nuclear warheads traveling through space to hit the meteor, which every time we cut to the meteor, it is... It is, gro- it's growling. Yeah. It is like,
0: it was like Darth, great it's practically like
1: Darth sounds. Vader breathing. Yeah. It, they give it like a sentience almost as if it is like the object in the fifth element that is like thinking its way toward colliding with planet earth. So they really sell the ominousness. And in a favorite moment of mine, it comes like screaming through the screen with a full solar eclipse happening yeah. behind it. Like the Corona of the sun just keeps burning brighter and brighter yep. in these seconds of it passing across the screen. I was like, I mean, I was pretty scared already, guys. Like, no, I, no, I blood, have a fear of meteors. <laughs> do you, Jordan? Yes, I am afraid. Yeah. Really? I am afraid of of that. It's terrifying. Okay. I mean, we won't be able to stop it. Um, we, we won't. Unless
2: we got big guns. I mean, <laughs> like, we don't
1: know. There could be a secret, we could have a secret weapon system up in space that we don't know about. I mean, I hope we do because, like, I'm sorry to say, I think the Armageddon scenario in which we send a team of oil drillers onto the ast- onto the meteor, to blow it into chunks—I don't think that that's happening. Unless the rock can do it, he can do it. But otherwise, like that's why Deep Impact was the better movie because these things are gonna fucking hit the planet, and it's just how we fix ourselves afterwards. Okay. And I am terrified of that
0: fair. <laughs> in like, it's, it's so low, like because my bigger fear is of, of things from space is it just straight up aliens? Yeah, no. For me, it's like this benign like,
1: well, we could all die. It's fine.
0: <laughs> like it's not aliens. It's not near. It's like it's just a thing that's realistic. I am, like, I am,
1: I am afraid of the thing that we have many of yeah. in like near Earth orbit and you are afraid of the thing that we have not yet to the public's knowledge proven is yeah. real. Yeah. I.
2: Count me in on uh side of Amanda. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Thank Jason's you. on the But I'm also, alien. I'm
2: afraid of aliens, but I'm also excited by aliens. I
1: don't, <laughs> Are you I don't, excited by meteors?
2: No, I just don't find myself thinking about meteors very much.
1: They don't come up in my conscience often, but when they do, it's <laughs> chilling. Um, but yeah, so then we have the, the, like you said, it becomes a Poseidon adventure, it it becomes a is. great escape through the belly of New York City. Yeah.
0: Suddenly just like we're in an entirely different movie and it's also a very good movie.
1: Yeah, it's like I was a very so good movie. Ex-
0: not expecting it, but okay, sure.
1: Here's a huge water feature that Sean Connery has to fight. Yeah, they, they get, because they get, they they find like an, an access out of the the underground base and they go into the uh, subway tunnels, but then very cleverly, they suddenly the walls start bursting through. Like the river is coming into the subway system, which makes total sense. Yeah. And these like, this is the seventies. Like th- it looks so real. Like these people are being inundated with water. There are like spouts opening all around them. People being rained on by like mud and liquid. I was like, fuck, how did someone not really drown in here? Yeah. Like I was, I was e- very easily imagining myself just like kind of panicking and starting to like choke on water <laughs> and not being able to, to, to move, to go on. So I thought that was, I thought the depiction of the great escape from the underground, the underground um, HQ was very good. Yeah. That no, felt I, very I, gritty and realistic. It felt
0: so realistic. It felt, <clears> that <throat> was one of those ones where I, I didn't necessarily know why we were experiencing this, but I was not complaining about being on for that ride. Mm-hmm. And it was a great use of Sean Connery. Yeah. Like that's, you don't, you hire Sean Connery, you don't hire him for the middle part. Yeah. Like you don't <laughs> hire him for the part where they're like realigning missiles and like, he's just kind of standing around and having to flirt with Natalie Wood but not in a really <laughs> aggressive sexual way and like yeah. a fairly benign way. Fairly benign. He was not, he was, other than the part where he called her pretty, like for the most part he just would occasionally be like, so we should have some coffee together. Yeah. <laughs> and she'd be like, well, we're both here trapped underground in trying to save the world so sure, let's have some coffee. <laughs> and she wasn't not into it. Like they very No, clearly, no. She borrows Jan's scarf that she's previously, or she steals Jan's scarf that she's previously <laughs> complimented. Like she's very clearly at the very least Trying to fill a boring day with some flurry. <laughs> so you don't really hire Sean Connery for that stuff because he's not being like, I am a cunning linguist. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you hire him to to pull people through a subway tunnel. And yeah. Then
1: and I think we only lose one along the way. We lose a man who was previously injured in yeah. the the collapsing from the the meteor become hitting, hitting the earth. Yeah. Um, but I think other than that, everybody makes it up through the first level of the subway station without dying. Yeah. As they're being just covered in mud water. Right. And then we learn once they reach the second level that the, there is the incredible conclusion of the long journey of the nuclear missiles to hit the meteor is that we see like the, the systems have been linked. So the missiles are converging to fly in formation and you have like staggered, like Soviet, US, Soviet, US missile. Mm -hmm. And then like, as they approach, 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 and they get like their final, like closing speed you see the tips of the Soviet warheads are red and the tips of the American ones are white. And you see it right before the moment of impact. It just like cuts back and forth, like red, white, red, white, red, white, red, white, red, white. And you're like, oh, this is, it It was the perfect manifestation in a disaster movie of like how problems would be solved, like geopolitical ones, which is like, we all, we all use our missiles the same way. Yeah. We all sent our missiles at the same target. We're going to blow the fucking disaster up together. <laughs> The ultimate demonstration of international unity. Yeah. A disaster a la Watchmen that links humanity together um, against a common enemy. Oh, man. Yeah. The enemy from above. Uh, mm. But yeah. Th- and then then the, the ending ending. Uh, I enjoyed that uh, the translator does not then make the incredibly reckless decision to just stay in the United States no. with Sean Connery. Uh, she heads back. She's like, yeah. She continues on in her duty with Dubov.
0: Yeah, she's like, and he's and he's the one who's like, I think you'll be back. And she's like, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> she was not impressed by what America
1: had to offer her. And you know that, like, being a being maybe somewhat of a cad, he is a married man. Things are on the rocks for him. Yeah. He's like. Not serious about Natalie Wood. Yeah. But he would be if he lost this other option. But as long as he doesn't know if that's gonna be an option or not, he's gonna hang on to this Natalie Wood thing over here. Right. He's just he's just playing both sides, which is again, which is why a I was like, bastard. Why
0: is he married? Like I yeah, exactly. why did he have to be married? Why did he have to be separated? We, yeah. there was no call to his wife at the end. There was nothing. None. It was just like oh never okay. see him again. That was just a thing. That was just, it was just so that we didn't feel too bad about the fact that Natalie Wood didn't stick around at the end, I guess. So, so
1: yeah, that, Does that, um, does that take us, Jordan? Does that cover it all? It does. Oh, and I, let me, I did not confirm if this is correct, but there is a small epilogue at the end mm-hmm. that says, um, a, at MIT, yeah. a anti, like, comet defense system was being developed a la Hercules called Project Icarus. And I think that that is real.
0: Yeah, it yeah. might be. So see, Jordan, nothing Why, to worry about. What are wired, we doing to stop aliens?
1: There's a wired story called MIT Saves the World, Project Icarus, parenthetical, 1967. So yes, I believe that that uh, epilogue is accurate. There was a system developed like Hercules. Problem solved. by By MIT, where I believe it says... You know, I think that Regatta was in Boston. Maybe it was the Boston Regatta because they mention that Sean Connery's character is a professor at MIT.
0: Sure, the Boston Regatta, where he
1: teaches one of those NASA people's nephews. Again, the information which, was so so unnecessary. And even like, I'm sorry, I, I don't like I don't think we would be getting such detailed information about that on TV in Washington D.C. No, I just don't. No, no. Um, but yes, that brings us to the: what is this really what Was this movie really? about? What was this movie really about? and what was that really great observation i had at the start of this you
0: were basically you were talking about how like this whole movie is about the anger of yeah yeah
1: yeah um i one thing i will say as additionally i think this movie this movie does a great job of being about like the nightmarish inefficiency of bureaucracy yeah like they Sean Connery and um Carl Malden's characters at multiple points call out just how fucking annoying it is <laughs> to have to like wait on seven layers of yeah. permissions and like the general is getting pissed at Carl Malden at one point. And he's like, well, I have this note from the secretary of state. And Carl Malden's like, I'll tell you what, how about you run a hundred copies of that off. Then you make a hundred print offs, <laughs> and you give it to everyone in the office. And we'll wait till we schedule nine meetings. And by then the meteor will have hit and we won't have to fucking worry about this anymore. <laughs> and then like, and Sean Connery like walks out on a, a meeting of, the cabinet and the the secretary of state is there and he's tells them like, you guys are, you know, sitting under like this blanket of shit, just like burying your heads in the sand. But like, come, come find me if you want to actually have a solution to this. Yeah. Like the multiple points at which people shit on how stupid government operations are just standing in the way of progress. There's even that line when the Soviets, um, commit to offering their missiles to join with ours to to go after Orpheus, they say, like, you know, thanks to, like, U S the USSR cutting the red tape yeah. by, like, giving their, you know, giving their admission of the nuclear weapons. Like, they even, like, acknowledge the red tape yeah. in, like, a news announcement implying just, like, how shitty and annoying that is. So I thought this movie did a really good job of just... Being angry and also expressing a pervasive annoyance with mm-hmm. that, which is something that the um, the the Godzilla movie Shin Godzilla from a couple of years ago actually does phenomenally well. Additionally, I can't wait to talk about that on this podcast. It's such a great movie, and it too does like a fond, uh, an incredible job skewering the bureaucracy. Um, but obviously, yes, we have you know this we we have our our metaphors and our, our you know the the metaphors and the literal missiles sitting above the 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 world yeah this movie is about tribalism mm-hmm. and the base instinct to put one's own sort of selfish community needs ahead of the greater global good Mm -hmm. where you have these two countries that have these systems that could be orbiting the earth and just waiting for us something like an Orpheus to come and take it out. And instead of telling each other about these systems and saying, look, I know we're in a Cold War. These things exist for the purposes Mm -hmm. of a threat, addressing a threat greater than either of our countries could handle on our own. It is... It is about the absurdity of that selfish instinct to so fiercely, I think, protect one's own space and property at the expense of literally fucking humanity, like the whole damn human race. Mm -hmm. And they give us these convenient, Like, they even call them fucking Hercules and Peter the Great. Yeah. Like, these mythological and, you know, actual figures. Peter the Great. Um, I I think... Yeah, I, I think this was a, a, a the biting satire of this movie was such a pleasant surprise, and I think they did it really well. Yeah, and not like it it was obvious, but it never felt like jokingly ham-fisted. Yeah, this wasn't like Doctor Strange Love, but it was. It wasn't not Doctor Strange Love. Though. It wasn't. There yeah, there was actually a little bit of a feeling of a mutual. If you put if it. you put a movie in between Failsafe with Walter Matthau, yeah, and Doctor Strange Love, I it feels kind of like what this movie would be, and honestly, I. Peter Fonda might've been in fail safe too. Oh, um, a a great nuclear disaster movie. Uh, yeah, it's like the 12 angry men really of nuclear disaster movies. But yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with bureaucracy and I'm going to go with the tribalism Mm -hmm. and I'm going to, yeah, those are, those are gonna be my two things. So, um, I, I,
0: I would actually, I didn't really know until you kind of started getting into the whole thing about the nuclear, the, the weapons being intertwined and all that. Um, I'm going to make this one. This is about, I think this is a pro-communism movie. Mmm. Oh, um, okay. I hear but you. But not in the way that I think you might think. Mmm. Because on a larger scale. It
1: is not anti-communism. It's not anti-communism. It's not anti-communism. I think we can say that safely. So, what are three things that happen in this movie?
0: One, a meteor, an act of God, yes, comes plunging toward the earth. Two, mm-hmm. two countries powerful, work together and are stronger when they work together than when they are separate. And they have to combine their resources in order to fight this act of God. Mm -hmm. Three, what... From each according to their ability to each according to their needs. Exactly. And of course, what is one of the first things that gets eliminated in a communist society? Religion. You're right. So using their shared resources, they aim their shared resources toward the act of God, destroy the act of God. Destroy Communism wins. Destroy God. Destroy God. Whoa. So that's what uh, I'm going with. I'm into with. it. That's what I'm going with. This is think not you just. I killed in, God multiple times I have on killed, this podcast. I, I, <laughs> I have done that several times now. Yeah. I think a lot of these movies are, I think. Yeah. No, I yeah, think that's I'm, totally I'm right legit. There. I think this is about the, not this, this is not about the death of God or like that religion is a lie in the way that Poseidon Adventure was. Yeah, I yeah. think that this is, this is more of a, sorry, I keep playing footsie with you, Jordan. No, no, no. no. Um, I think this is more of like a a, really just kind of discussing on a deep theoretical level. This Uh is a pro communism film. All right. Not
1: necessarily a
0: propaganda film but like the ethos of communism
1: as at its roots. Bernie Sanders says yes Meteor 1979
0: <laughs> te- the text saw of the this Bernie campaign in, several, in theater several times. This
1: radicalized Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Yeah. This Bernie's, movie is yeah. the source okay. code this of Bernie it. Sanders. He was like you're correct
0: about the race riots and the power shortages <laughs> but union the union strikes he's on board with those. <laughs> uh, I also on a on a more joking level. Mhm. I also in my notes had that uh, this is a movie about how baseball saves everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a it's a movie about fuck the
1: Dodgers. I mean, <laughs> look,
0: I'm not saying fuck the Dodgers because I'm
1: a big Dodger fan. Currently wearing a, baseball, sure a Dodgers tee Dodgers From
0: 1981, made. from two years after mm-hmm. the film was made. <laughs> uh, there's, like,
2: there's small text, Jordan, do you see this on her shirt? There's small text above the word Dodgers that says fuck the, do you see yeah,
0: that? that
2: Amanda's is wearing it, that shirt. This this
0: is, back, it I just, just says, want to point out that this, this baseball flying through the air on the Dodgers logo does look like a meteor flying
1: through the air. Hey, You're right. You it, it, does on the, it And on the back, it truly just does say communism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Communism. Oh, one. So, uh, So
0: yeah. So the other thing is, of course, yeah. that the fact that like the toast is a loving, I would like to think a loving toast to uh-huh. fuck the Dodgers. Uh-huh. And then at the end, the <laughs> it Dodgers, is a loving toast. It is a loving the end, toast. And the Dodgers give him a baseball bat as a sign of their appreciation. You're right. The Dodgers. So like all I'm saying is that the real, the friends we made along the way are the Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's that's where I think this movie also stands.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. Just wanted to give a little update on Fail Safe stars. Mm. Henry Fonda.
1: Yep. Yeah. I think Walter Matthau. He, he might play the Henry Fonda might play the president in that actually, and Walter Matthau I think is like his hawkish.
2: He plays head the of state. president yep. in that movie. Yeah.
1: And wait, in, in Fail Safe. Yeah. In this, he is also listed as the president. As, he's the president. The president. Yeah. Oh wow. Shared the universe. President. Shared universe, we're watching shared Failsafe. Oh. Oh. Adding Failsafe Whoa. to the list yep. of movies. Yep. Oh, Failsafe's really good. Man. Oh yeah, I'm, we're
0: watching failsafe. Yes. I've never seen it. And then also uh Shared Universe official. Yep. Amazing. I'm gonna use one of these walls, I'm gonna start doing like shared universe tracking <laughs> yeah. so that I can keep track of where we've established all these universes. Okay, um, so let's do some fantasy casting. Yeah, you go first. You go first. You, okay. go first. you need yeah, to pull some mine, things over. Yeah, I, um, I'm i only casting three parts here. Okay. Because I didn't want to bother with the rest. Okay. I also kind of forgot to do this. Yeah. Yeah, that happened. Yeah. um, So I decided to update it for 2019, 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to be Russia anymore. It's going to be China. Okay. One, because you got to have the Chinese market mm-hmm. for films. Mm-hmm. So we got to have the good guys who end up like the shared good guys end yeah. up being China? This is so, a Peter Berg movie. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I'm making uh this I'm gender flipping the sci the scientist. The astrophysicist is now Famka Janssen.
1: Oh Famka. Yeah, what a, what a legend! Just God, I want to see her
0: authoritatively her. striding, striding through rooms. Yeah, I want to yeah. see that. I, I like want to see her tell people like to pull a blanket of shit over their heads. <laughs> yeah. I want all those things. Yeah, I want to see her on a yacht. Like we keep the same opening. Yeah, we keep mm-hmm. the fact that she asks for a large glass of scotch. Like this character stays the same with the <laughs> exception of she's yeah. not divorced. Yeah. she's not yeah. married. She's never had time for any of that. <laughs> Ain't so, got time for that. She's got no time for that. So China. I don't know. I didn't figure out because I didn't really do this fantasy casting until about five minutes before we were recording.
1: Yeah. So I didn't figure (laughs) out who
0: um, Dubov is, the modern equivalent, who who this uh, astrophysicist is. But his translator in this would be B.D. Wong. Oh, okay. Because I find him deeply Oh, that's like, right because it's China. It's China. It's China. He's so likable, he's so great, and then on top of that, there's something very smoldering about him and I want to see him like smolderingly spar with Fumka. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And have that be the love story there. I oh, want wow. those too, and what it's a little a love bit story older too, which I really enjoy that like Natalie Wood's very young and like not very young, but she's younger than Sean Connery feels. I want them to feel like Both kind of seasoned veterans Uh who finally have a meeting of the Uh minds. And then for the government, for the um, general, I want it to be Ed Helms. Oh, wow. Okay, because yeah. like, I also want someone who just like seems like he's 30 seconds away from throwing a tantrum and stomping his foot because yeah. it's just not yeah. fair. He's in charge. I uh-huh. wanted that energy, and that's Ed Helms right uh-huh, there. Uh-huh. So that's the casting that I would do. I didn't figure out who would be cast for the uh, other parts. Um, the president, if we can get Henry Fonda as like, yeah. if we could get him, you know, they're they're recreating James Dean. Like, why not do that with Henry Fonda? Uh-huh. Like, the, you know, God is dead. We can do these things now. So,
1: yeah. Jordan? Okay. I'm gonna piece this together as I go. I'm gonna make Dubov Gwendolyn Christie. <gasps> yes! I'm gonna make I'm gonna make her a Russian astrophysicist. Uh... Exclusively speaking Russian the entire time and being taller than literally every fucking person in the room. Oh my god, I love this. She'll also wear like heeled, at the very least, boots, if not like a, a high heel. Um, because I'm feeling very inspired at this moment by the Black Widow trailer, mm-hmm. I'm gonna make her translator Florence Pugh.
0: Oh, that not an unexpected development from you? No, yes. not not an Love unexpected it. development. What a what a, what a, what a delicate but charming flower. Keep going. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, a tough as nails flower. I, I guess I'm Florence just, I Florence Pugh. I haven't
0: watched the Black Widow trailer. I've
1: just seen. I mean, there's fighting trailers. with my family, where she plays professional professional Page. There is. Uh, Lady Macbeth. Oh wait, Macbeth. she's in that. Oh. she's the. She is Paige. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she is Paige. Oh, Okay. Um, I just know her from Little Women trailer. Uh, no. Uh, watch Midsummer. Watch Lady Macbeth. No. Watch no. um Lady Macbeth. No. Wow. It's, I mean, I might. You but said I'm not no, watching. Like, it is also Midsummer. I don't know. It is I not a horror assuming. film. Okay. It is not a horror film. It is a period piece about a woman who is an unhappy uh wife to landed gentry. And the uh, pressures they're in. It's a tremendous performance by small powerhouse Florence Pugh. So she's going to be the translator to Gwendolyn Christie. And then who do I want to be my Sean Connery figure? And do I want there to be a flirtation between Florence Pugh and my and my stand-in Sean Connery figure. See, this is a hard one. I mean, you could just make Timothy
0: Chalamet, like, the grad student who designed Hercules and then quit because he was so angry at its misuse of his, like, brilliant visionary. <laughs> like, you could just age it the fuck down and just keep them reunited because they seem adorable together.
1: I am going to make him John Cho. Oh, I like it. I, I, I love to, the use of a John Cho. I am Cho. going to make Sean Connery's character John Cho. Okay. And... I'm going to take the flirtation out. Yeah. Because I just don't want that there. Yeah, John Cho wouldn't do that. He's and too I want, professional. I, I want, I want there to be a smugly superior relationship that the Russians have to the Americans in this situation. So, like, Gwendolyn and Florence yeah. will, like, look down their nose at the Americans. As she will, quite literally, yes. Yes. And she will have to, like, win, John Cho will have to win their respect over this. So, we're going to make John Cho uh, the head astrophysicist. And then I guess, you know I'm gonna make the president Bruce Greenwood. okay because I just want to hear Bruce Greenwood's voice.
0: Yeah, that's the reason to cat like for this particular part that's exactly why.
1: Yeah and yeah. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make the gruff the the government counterpart the Carl Malden in this case mm-hmm. because I'm really high on her right now as well. I Rebecca Ferguson. Oh, Ooh. I'm gonna make Rebecca Ferguson and John Cho. yeah are going to be my, like, astrophysicists in residence. Like, and the, as with a buddy sort of chemistry, I love it. Yeah, that. like, and maybe, like, they're not going to have previous relationships. They're married to their work. Maybe they end up together at the end. Because mm, okay. I love that. Yeah. And that's going to be my fantasy casting. That is spicy. I like it. Spicy. So spicy. Rose the hat. See you, Dr. <laughs> sleep, everybody. All right.
0: So, um, Towering Infernos-wise,
1: what are we doing for this one, guys? I'm going to give this one like 3.75 Towering Infernos. Okay. I don't know if I want to like go all the way to four, but I feel like 3, 4, seven, five. Yeah. I really like
0: this one. And it did a really good job. Yeah. Under, I think, a, a much maligned for what it is actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not much a turkey. Much maligned. <laughs> I would go 3.5. I'm right there with you. It's all not right. like, it's not a four. It's not verging into that territory, but like, I, I like I told you, I watched it twice <laughs> back to back. Because the first time I was like, I didn't watch this close enough. I was baking this whole time and yeah. I needed to focus. I'll yeah. sit down and watch it again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I did. And I, you know what? I would watch it a third time. <laughs> I would too. I would. I, I really would do would. it. <laughs> yeah, I, I would do it, she says. How about you, Jason?
0: Four. Oh, oh, yay. 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 I'm mad at
1: it. I'm no, not mad I'm not mad at it, at it at all. I am genuinely glad surprised. It's gotten a four on this podcast. <laughs> I am. Just, I am
0: really glad. Like, Jordan, Jason, who is normally oh, you know why? Because he's the Russian judge. <laughs> That's why. I, I'm the Russian judge. As the Russian judge that he came in strong for the for the pro-communism movie. Yeah. That's I, had a, it is. I
2: had a fun time with this one. Yeah, I had
0: a fun time.
1: Yeah. Which is weird because it's not like a fun movie. It's not I, even, it's I, not I had f- fun with this in the way that I had fun with Alligator, where I was yeah. kind of like super down with the protagonist's whole vibe, the yeah. entire yeah. movie. Oh, totally. And it had enough, like there were surprising things. Yeah. levity and moments of like absurd humor I was like this is great yeah yeah Having a great time absolutely right.
2: uh jordan needs to get to a screening uh everyone please follow us uh at disaster underscore pod on twitter yeah
1: we're disaster girls pod at gmail.com and next week uh we have a very special guest uh we have another we have another special guest coming up for you it is april wolf Co-screenwriter along with director Sophia Takal of the upcoming of the upcoming or perhaps just released film Black Christmas, uh, and we're going to be talking about the namesake writing system itself, Towering Inferno. Yeah, going back to back on the classics.
0: Uh, you can catch that one on iTunes for rent or on Amazon Prime Video for rent. Uh, it's cheaper on
1: iTunes. And yes, uh, do we the roll calls? I'm on Twitter at JorCrew. I am on
0: Twitter at Amanda AmandaRTubbs. That's Tubbs with two Bs.
2: I'm on Twitter at Jason Halftones.
0: Rate and review, guys, please. I need your approval. Yep. <laughs> All right. See you guys next week. Bye.
2: ThatMightBeCool.com You never know.